I've been racking my brain to try to remember when precisely I met today's guest. And I keep coming up blank. I know we met in California when both of us were young moms. I know we've karaoke'd on multiple occasions, and we've drunk coffee and been to the same parties, and we've walked and talked and laughed and cried and watched multiple softball games together. But that's all I've got. The fact is that there are some people who, when you meet them, they just become family. That's how I feel about Melissa McCavity. Though we currently live more than 2,000 miles apart, I wouldn't be surprised at all if I ran into her at the next neighborhood barbecue. She's always felt local to me. Melissa McCavity was born in Allentown, Pennsylvania, but she's currently a lawyer in Los Angeles. She's an avid sports fan, especially college ball, and she lives in El Segundo, California with her husband and their three terrific kiddos. Melissa McCavity, welcome to Wild Precious Life. Tell us who you are, lovely lady. My name is Melissa McCavity. I live in El Segundo, California. I am a mother of three amazing children, a 14-year-old daughter and twin 12-year-old boys. I've been married for 18 years, and uh, my husband's born and raised in El Segundo. He's a townie. He's a townie. That makes it that makes it sound like they're just like the division between like the college kids and the townie kids. And he's like a jet, and you're like a shark. Even though he's like super highly educated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had you come in today to talk about this book, The Emotionally Exhausted Woman, not to talk about the book per se, but to talk about like my response to the book, which is realizing that I actually have more control over my. <laughs> happiness and like not feeling emotionally depleted than I realize. And one of the things I'm terrible at is, as you know, keeping up with people I esteem. Like when I roll into town, like you're the first person I call, right? But then it'll go six years and I never do it. So one of the things I'm trying to do is be in better touch with the people who are um, wonderful and important to me and so thanks for being here. Aw, that's a great goal. I love it. Yeah. So uh, the very first page of Nancy Collier's book, she asks this question, and I wanted to start with it. She asks, who takes care of you? Who takes care of you? Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, well, my whole life, it had always been my mom. And she died fairly young in 2005 from cancer. And I had just gotten married. I was a newlywed when that happened. Um, and I, when I thought of who takes care of me, it really is my husband. I think I'm really blessed that way. I have a really well-meaning man on my hands over here who is very worried about me. And definitely uh, helps keep this family running and takes care. He does. He takes care of me. My husband takes care of me. Yeah, he's good people. Shout out to the hubs. Um, and and when we're thinking about, like, who cares for us, I also feel like there's the connection between, like, are you getting what you need and are you getting what you want? And I think as women and as moms – it can be really easy to lose track of, like, 
our direction because we stopped. Like I was working and then I stopped to have babies and I went back to work then I stopped to have a baby. Then I, like, we just many of us have danced in and out of what we were going to be when we grew up. And so sometimes that shifts and changes and we can also lose sight of it. So um, I guess I'll step back from just a job. But like, what do you what do you really want when you think about it? I mean, that is the age old question. You know, what do you want? What what makes you happy? Because I think as women and moms, no one stops to ask us that ever. No one. The, the strong amount of like women, especially in the community I live in, they help take care of me too and lift me up. My one girlfriend and I, we say in life, there are lifters and pullers, right? And my goal is to surround myself with lifters and to be a lifter to others. To make me happy, I just feel like I want to have like a sense of peace around me, which is really hard with twin 12 year old boys <laughs> and a 14 year old girl it is it's a lot of chaos I'm on a quest for peace anywhere else I can find it yeah isn't that true like just finding inner peace I feel like sometimes we joke like you close the door to the bathroom and you can't even get peace there because they're knocking on the door it's like they know that you're in Wait, there knock uh because <laughs> we, we had to take our locks off because they don't work right because we did a remodel so i am barged in on still to this day constantly oh yes yes and you live not too far from the ocean so i feel like you're like peace adjacent it's just right over there but I remember what it was like to live near the ocean and how many days would tumble by and I would never see it. My suggestion is going to be to walk on the strand. 100%. Yeah. That's one of my happiest places, without a doubt, and always has been from the time I moved here. Definitely. Hey, um, what did you dream of being? I mean, you're a brilliant mom and uh, someone who's been in and out of careers, but like, when you when you think about the statement, like, I always dreamed of being a, what comes to mind? Yeah, it was a lawyer. It most definitely was. Um, once I became a lawyer, <laughs> the dream shifted because being a lawyer isn't quite what I thought it would be. And I regret or I, if I could have done things differently and I was there, this is what kills me. I was a communications double major with political science and in communications, you have to choose, you know, your specific area. And I chose public relations and broadcasting was right there for me. Oh. And if I could do it again, I'd, I'd want to be like a sports broadcaster. You'd be so good at that. I mean, you'd be good at lots of things, but I could totally see them being like, and we're going to Melissa now on the 50-yard line. And you would just be like, coach, I noticed there in the second half that, like, I just can see you in the sports games. I could also see you in the booth being like, hey, we're going to Doug out on the 50-yard line. I'm like, And I fully, I subscribe to the it's never too late and you're never too old. Yeah, it turns out there's a new rule that we're allowed to have more than one dream. I don't know if you heard that. I just learned it. We're allowed. So you're allowed to dream of sitting in that booth and writing a book. My mind blows. My mind is blown right now. Who knew you could have more than one dream? I read it. Um, it's true. Um, okay, I want to pivot a little bit to you. So um, 
What do you, Melissa, love about you? Oh, yeah, that feels a little braggy. Isn't it funny? (laughs) We don't do that. Like, um, nothing. But, like, I could list a million things I love about you. And what do you love about you? I think I love my ability to set my uncomfortableness aside because deep down I think I'm an extroverted introvert. And when I get in a public space, I can just, I'll turn it on. You know, I can make other people feel comfortable, I feel like, by humor and, you know, self-deprecation if I, if that is what I'm feeling or, you know, self-deprecation is probably not the right word. It's probably more of like just being real, you know, I'm always the first person, if somebody compliments me, I'm like, I got it at Target, you know, because I feel like, especially in La La Land, where everything is so glitzy and whatever, it's really important to keep things real. And I'm a pretty vulnerable person with my friends. And I just, I do. I think I'm just, I'm just real. I'm just who I am. And people either love it or they don't. And that's really none of my concern because I'm just, I'm just who I am. So I think I have a nice ability to do that, and I like that about myself. I like that about you, too. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts. And I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style. And together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling and all in approximately seven minutes. What is something quirky? That folks don't always know about you, like a like or a love or a even a pet peeve. Like, what do they not know about Melissa? Oh, I'm sort of like an open book. So when you know me, like, I don't really hold back on anything. Um, I mean, a fun fact is like the classic Corvette I have that I inherited from my dad. Yeah, tell us about your car. I know about it, but not everybody listening will. Tell us about your your car. So I have a 1959 Corvette. It's a fuel-injected automatic that was one of only 10 made in the year 1959. My dad and mom bought the car from the original owner before they were engaged, and my mom ponied up most of the money. Wow. For the car, so this car has only ever had two families own it. I just, you know, I can surprise somebody by cruising around, revving up my Corvette, and feeling kind of badass when I do it, actually. (laughs) I have seen you in that car, and so I can attest to that. So then what's one of your go-to songs if you're driving in the Corvette or if you're just lounging at your house? What are some of, what's your go-to music? Oh, that is so hard. One thing I realize is I'm not listening to music enough. I'm always like with the podcasts and um, books. 
And so when I, I mean, I think you are going to know the answer to this, but it's pretty much <laughs> anything by Bon Jovi. Will get bon. And he has this one song that wasn't popular or anything, but it's like called um, like Just Older. And I remember I was 23 when I fell in love with that song, studying for the bar exam in my Volkswagen Cabriolet. And he talks about he likes the skin he's living in, you know, and he's like, I'm not old, just older. So like anything by Bon Jovi can pump me up I love I love pink she gets me going there's a song by JLo let's get loud if I I just I that has become my daughter's softball team's anthem nice because of me <laughs> and I call it Genergy. John Bon Jovi is actually my karaoke song have we karaoke together I think oh we, we have we karaoke did. together we did. many times <laughs> more than one we have karaoke we have- don't we have the, don't we, ha- okay, we have the karaoke, the teeny room karaoke. Astro, that was, oh my gosh. When you called me, it was like, <laughs> on a Sunday and you're like, hey, in four hours, we're going to ask, my friend is in town and she must karaoke. Oh Do you want to come? And I was like, well, if she must, I must. <laughs> and we- I'll be it was not a Friday night at a bar, though. It was it was a bar, but we had our own little. Yeah. It was a teeny tiny room, like a table. Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten about this. Yes, yeah, so my no, friend was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, private karaoke, and we just sang it to each so other. Fun. <laughs> we sang to each other, and you I... sang. You sang Les Mis. You what? sang. You sang a song from Les Mis. <laughs> Karaoke is not Les Mis. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, you must have changed your go-to karaoke song since then because it was Les Mis back right. then. In a bar with people <laughs> surrounding me, I sing um, "Living on a Prayer" because they'll do the work. The whole bar oh, will sing. I find it hilarious that, that is I went an anthem for the ages. Oh my gosh! Yes, that's we... not Bon Jovi. He's deeper than people realize. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, there's a reason I love him so much. Yeah. He really has a romantic heart and soul. And oh, his John Bon Jovi Soul Kitchen. He just gives back. You know, he's he's a pretty good dude. I think. I I agree. Oh my gosh, I could talk John Bon all the time. All right, what's um what's one of your favorite um Let's do books. What's the favorite? You could do a couple if you want, but like, what's your favorite books? I know you're a, a reader and an audiobook I listener. was looking through, I usually am reading a book and audiobooking at the same time. Two different books or the same Two book? Two different books. Two different books. You're so smart. Um, I just like to read. It's totally my escape. Um, I When I think of a, what makes a good book, it's generally one that like sticks with me because sometimes I read a book and I'll be like, what was that about? <laughs> So one of my all-time favorites that really stuck with me was The Red Tent. Yeah. I feel like that's just solid. Um, A book, two books you recommended actually are books that have stuck with me for longer than I read them. One being The Underground Railroad. Yeah, yeah. And the other being A Man Called Uva. Yeah, yeah. Which didn't out at me. But the man reminded me of my dad a little bit. And I just, oh, I love a book. This poor man had no friends, no life. He was trying to end his life. And in a farcical way, he ended up, you know, the people around him changed his life. It's just so beautiful. And any World War II with the word light in it, um, the light, you know. Light we cannot see. The yeah, all the light we cannot mm. see. The tattooist of Auschwitz. 
those books are the nightingale i mean all that genre uh, it's I, I wrap my brain around how that ever happened. The Red Tent, I want to say that was like Anita, Anita Diamante or something yes. like that. Yes. But that was one of the first books that ever made me think about the power of women um, and motherhood and the fact that like babies have been coming into the world for a very long time. Babies have been coming into the world before we had doctors to bring them in. And who who cared for these women and these mothers was other women and other mothers who'd been there before. Yeah, I think of the red tent because like I have a we have a mutual friend that recently had a baby and none of our our age people are having babies. So I, I it's so crazy how you texted me yesterday and then I had already I almost texted you to say I'm watching the baby today while she goes to the class party at school. And you know, I told her, I said, I know, like especially at her age having a baby, like you hand that baby off to me whenever you can. It's just such a beautiful idea. Sometimes when my husband drives me, drove me crazy early in the days, I'm like, I just wish we lived in the red tent. Like, I just want to go be with all the moms. But I never made the connection that I did have the red tent. We really did. We have a version of it, a modern day version in these moms around here. Because there are some really great humans lurking around. Definitely. Definitely. All right, I have two more questions for you. What's your favorite ice cream or favorite dessert if you're not an ice oh, cream person? Mint chocolate chip, 100%. No question. Yeah, same, same. And last one, if we were to take a picture of you really happy and doing something that you love, what would we see? Ooh, I would definitely be down at the beach, maybe in the water, probably floating on my back, just breathing. Probably I love a picture warmer like beach than Southern California. Not gonna lie, there. I <laughs> Maybe <was> so, <laughs> I was so surprised that the water was cold. I guess I hadn't gotten the memo on that because in all the movies I watched of Southern California, people always seemed to be in the water. But and then I remembered the Karate Kid. They were in sweaters at night. It gets, it does get cold at night. <laughs> it does. And the water is quite cold. In the summer, it gets beautiful though. Like the mid seventies is just perfect for ocean water because you. It's a bit of a workout, you know, swimming through those waves, which is why my perfect is floating. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I always get afraid that the waves are going to come and, like, topple me. So floating where you know in Hawaii where the waves aren't, like in a bay or something. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, my beautiful human. It is so nice to hear your voice and see your face. I know that our listeners can't see it, but I can. And so I'm just, like, sending you love and light across the miles. And I'm grateful for this book that reminded me that – how not to feel quite so emotionally exhausted is to connect and see the people I love. I love you, man. I love you, Amory. Oh my gosh, I miss you so much. It's good to see your face. You too. Wild Precious Life is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producers Gerardo Orlando and Michael D'Aloya. Producer Sarah Wilgrub and audio engineer Ian Douglas. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, 
avoiding, or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.